From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, May 25th. Grand County has nearly $300,000 to spend on responsible trail messaging. The money was earmarked back in February from their transient room tax promotion revenue, but talks on how exactly to promote the the stay-on-the-trail message stalled out. Commissioner Kevin Walker expects the conversation to restart this week when a committee made up of county elected officials and staff meet. We're we're trying to focus especially on things that, that could happen quickly. Ideas might include additional signage on trails and roads, social media campaigns, posters that could adorn hotel lobbies and rental shops. Walker said the group will be working from a list of ideas generated by an ad hoc group back in 2018. They want the responsible trail message to span user groups, too. Everything from being quiet in residential neighborhoods to not jumping in desert potholes. I think we can very efficiently and productively spend quite a bit of money just trying to let visitors know they shouldn't trample cryptobiotic soil crust and they shouldn't leave litter behind. Walker says the holdup on responsible trail spending has largely been due to a bottleneck of county staff time. It was deprioritized as county staff and elected officials work through other issues. Yeah, we, we've got a budget, but we don't have someone whose only job is to figure out how to actually spend that budget. That's being done in, in various people's um, spare time. Limited time might be the reason Walker is most fond of one particular idea for the responsible trail promotion budget – a grant program. So someone could just call up and say, hey, you know, I know the biking community and here's my idea for a flyer and I want to make sure there's a stack of these in every bike shop or something like that. Or people come to us with their their ideas. So, so I think we, you know, hit some areas that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise, but it's also a way of keeping the spending in the local economy. If you have an idea or suggestion for the county's committee on responsible trail promotion, reach out to Walker. His email is kwalker at grandcountyutah.net. We'll also put it in the show notes on our website and podcast. Speaking of responsible trail use, the staff at Arches National Park are telling visitors to expect heavy traffic, crowded trails, and limited parking over Memorial Day weekend. Ranger Karen Garthwaite joined This Week in Moab last night to talk about this. We'll hear an excerpt of that interview now, where she explains how visitation at Arches has ramped up dramatically, especially in the last couple years. Um, Let's go back in time a little bit before we talk about the present moment, because we all know that it's busy. But I want to say like around five, maybe four years ago, Memorial Day weekend was the weekend that we knew that Arches was going to have to shut the gate, the entrance gate to control the amount of people that were coming into and out of the park at least once. And now that situation is completely different. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be here for over a decade. And I have seen the dramatic change as, as many listeners have as well. When I started working at Arches, we would brace for impact Memorial Day weekend, right. because as you said, that was the peak visitation time of the entire year, mm-hmm. to the level that parking lots would be filled to overflowing, Um, The line would queue all the way out to the highway. Of course, it was only one lane. Sure. (laughs) Thank God we expanded that. Sure. Um, Yeah, and we would put out a press release, and it was kind of a big thing. Well, we still put out that press release, Mm -hmm. but as you said, crowding to that level has almost become the norm. Mm. Um, 
Having to close the front gate is a practice that started just a number of years ago mm-hmm. as an attempt to kind of meter the the entrance into the park in order to preserve the resources and also the visitor experience. Sure. Well, just to yeah, put some context on it, I believe it was two years ago, the park had to initiate that plan a total of 16 times for the entire year. Mm. That was a big deal because previously it was zero or one. Or one, right. Yeah, right? yeah. But fast forward in just two years, um, last fall, we had to do it practically the entire month of October daily. Wow. And now it's essentially a daily practice. Wow. Can you tell us what happens when Arches National Park has to sh- shutter the gate? Um, you know, what does that process look like? Um, what What do they tell visitors at yeah. that point? Yeah, I'd be happy to explain that because it's probably really frustrating when visitors show up and just see that sign, park full. What does that actually mean? Yeah. Well, behind the scenes, we actually have a whole staff who work in the parking lots and are constantly in communication with our law enforcement rangers about those parking lots Mm. as they are getting full. So that's how we make those determinations is from people actually on the ground with radios in their hands. So we monitor the the three most popular, Devil's Garden, the Windows, and the Delicate Arch area, because those are kind of the three main trailhead hubs. Mm -hmm. And when they reach capacity, they communicate out to that front gate hey, we can't take any more people because they're already seeing folks just circling like Mm. Black Friday at the mall. (laughs) And that's not a pleasant visit. Plus, it tends to lead toward illegal parking, unsafe parking, Mm -hmm. people walking down the road, Mm -hmm. things like that. Sure. So they will make that determination with the law enforcement staff. Mm -hmm. They communicate that out to the front. We implement the signage. Mm -hmm. We put it out on social media, on the park website. And at that point, the message is, try back in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. We don't give a definitive time, though, because think about what that would do. That would cause thousands of people to show up at the same time. The line would immediately hit the highway, which just bumps the problem forward. Mm-hmm. So, again, I recognize it might be a frustrating message to hear something vague like, come back later. Right. But in doing that, we are really trying to spread out the afternoon pulse of visitation right. so that uh, so it's manageable on both sides. I do want to ask you, uh, the City Council and the County Commission recently wrote a letter to the Regional Director of the National Park Service saying that they support implementing a temporary timed entry system at Arches National Park. Do you have anything that you can share right now from Arches on that issue? What I can share is that the park is well aware of that move and we are working on it and actually stay tuned because you're probably going to hear more about it in just a number of weeks. Okay. That's, I mean, you know, other parks have implemented it and it does, you know, the argument for it is that it gives visitors security knowing that they can get into the park. So um, I know that uh, there's been numerous studies, transportation and travel studies that the Park Service has done figuring out, um, you know, what to do about the increase in visitation without compromising the resource. Yeah. There were a number of parks who took the opportunity to implement some kind of a pilot program as a response to the pandemic. Um, I think Rocky Mountain is one that's Mm -hmm. pretty close by that folks might be familiar with. And so they jumped on that opportunity and now have about a year of experience that they can draw from. None of these systems are perfect, Mm -hmm. but it is great to have a couple models that we can look at and Mm -hmm. learn from. 
because of course we want ours to be as perfect as possible if it's going to happen. So it takes time to come up with those plans and we do really listen closely to the feedback that we're hearing. Ranger Karen Garthwaite, both Arches and Canyonlands National Parks are preparing for a lot of visitors this Memorial Day weekend. Garthwaite was speaking during KZMU's This Week in Moab last night. The full interview will be available on our public affairs podcast this Friday. For any visitors to the national parks this weekend, Garthwaite recommends packing patience. Today marks the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's murder in Minneapolis. The Mountain West News Bureau's Robin Vincent looks at how our region has responded through police reform. More than 100 people in the region have died at the hands of law enforcement since George Floyd was killed. That's according to the online database mapping police violence. Activists are hopeful for change as some police reform measures pass. Colorado led the nation last year with landmark legislation on data collection, use of force, protester protections, and more. Community organizer Candace Bailey says the legislation is progress. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. However, it opens the gateway for something we've never seen before in law enforcement, that thing called accountability. The law also removes qualified immunity for local cops. That's the legal doctrine that shields officers from civil liability. In April, New Mexico followed suit when it erased qualified immunity from the books. Many other reform bills died in the New Mexico legislature this session. In Nevada, at least one measure failed. But bills on use of force and data collection are moving through the legislature. Meanwhile, advocates in Utah say a string of police reform measures that passed this session didn't go far enough. Black Lives Matter Utah's Lex Scott. We believe that if the George Floyd case would have happened in Utah, there would not be any justice. States that haven't had major police reform include Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming. But activists there are pushing for change at the local level. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Robin Vincent. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, May 25th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.